Sway Event and SwayEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03, is our number to the Irish Network's hotline, Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Hope you are having a great, great morning to start your Tuesday. Hope the coffee is hot. Hope the, the weather is great where you are. Hope everything is working in your favor today and that you have an awesome day. Thank you for making the Sweat Event part of your morning. You can download the free Sweat Event app for Android, Apple devices. You can stream us online at SweatEvent.com. You can view the show on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook Live. We are here. Ben, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Man, I am. I'm good, man. I am good. I am. I am good. Happy for Brandon Turner, man. Happy for him, man. Got a chance to see that he was named SEC Defense Player of the Week. Just happy for him, man. How? What a cool, cool story that is. Very cool story. Third string going into the week. Finds out on Tuesday that he is going to start. Friday. Two players said Tuesday. He said Friday. Alante Taylor said Tuesday. Jalen McCullough said Tuesday. It's Friday. Trust me. He was told Friday that he was going to start. Um, and they might have known Tuesday, but he well, didn't know until Friday. I'm going to keep on with my point. Alante and Jalen said that he found out on Tuesday and throughout the remainder of the week did a great job of asking questions during meetings putting in extra time in the film room, preparing for his opportunity. And he made the most of his opportunity. Led the team in tackles with 14. I believe he finished with two tackles for a loss. Two ta- yep. Yeah, 14, two, two tackles for a loss. Yep, yep. And, and seven of his tackles were solo. So I, I love to talk about being ready when, when, your opportunity, when your opportunity comes. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And Brandon Turnage was ready. Made the most of it, and I'm interested to see how that nickel spot, that star position, plays out this weekend. <laughs> if the guy wins SEC Player of the Week, hmm. and he was third string entering the week, and Theo Jackson will definitely be back. Danico Slaughter, likely back. <laughs> Where does Turnage slide in? Well, I mean, he he's in a, he's in a, he's really a corner, so he's really a corner, and he's playing a position that he never played before. So that's the thing that's so remarkable about Brand Turns' performance on, on Saturday is that was the first time that he was in that position, and he was told on Friday he was going to get the start. And so he was like, uh, oh, okay, let's roll. So he just he just played and and, um, and played fast and, and, you know, was making plays here and there. I'm sure there's some things that he wants to wants to correct. I'm sure there's some things on paper – that uh, he got a he got a mark on for you know, doing something he's not supposed to do. That's just the way it is. But now you have another guy that you can trust if you're Willie Martinez. You have Slaughter that was left to be slaughtered last year. You know, played early in the South Carolina game and kind of got slaughtered as a true freshman uh, by the South Carolina receiver there. Uh, what was his name? Shy. Shot Smith, Smith. Mm-hmm. yeah, he he torched he torched us, 
And, you know, that happens as a freshman. You, you, you go through those, those moments where you play really good, against a really good player, uh, and then you bounce back, and then you go on and have a pretty good career, or sometimes a great career. And, you know, Danico didn't really have a chance to, to get back his freshman year. But the new coaching staff um, allowed him to be able to prove that he can play at this level. So he's been, he's been out there playing more this year than last year, making plays as well, along with his defense. But he was banged up. And then uh, Theo Jackson uh, was banged up last week and could have went but decided well, not to and be careful and gave Turnage an opportunity. And now you got three guys that, if you will, Martinez, you possibly trust. You pro- you possibly trust the same. And Brandon, and speaking with him on Sunday, he just he just got a chance to watch Theo. Like Theo, he just watched Theo's lead. Theo put his arm around him, made sure that he was doing everything right. Even when the second team and third team would go, Theo would be behind a lot of scrimmage, coaching guys up along with William Martinez. And that's the culture you want at any program. You want your best players. You want your star players. You want your your mature players being an extension of the coaching staff. And Theo has been that for this defense. So now it allows a guy like Brandon Turnage to be coached up not just by Willie Martinez or by Tim Banks, but now you're being coached up by your peers, your peers. You hear Al Wilson talk to the team after the game about you know, holding each other accountable on the Big Orange Countdown of all network before the show. He was asked about his leadership. And he talked the same thing about holding your guys accountable. How tough it could be because you're all, you're all the same age. But it doesn't matter. The goal is to win. And if you're not doing your job, you don't need to be on the football field. You need to get off the field. Being able to coach your own guys up, hold your own guys accountable when you're all the same age is super, super important to the culture. And you're seeing it, man. So, yeah, Theo being a coach, helping out Turnage, and it paid off, man, because Turnage was doing his thing. But this is a good problem to have, Ben. Yes, and I also don't know how much of a decision is going to need to be made this particular weekend, per se. And – it, it leads into a, a broader conversation that I'm sure we will discuss and, and talk about throughout the week. But how do you attempt to slow down this Ole Miss offense? Do you bring extra guys, try to generate more pressure, try to fluster Matt Corral, or do you drop guys, try to keep everything in front of you? And on a Tuesday, I I think that Tennessee should should drop a a lot of guys and, and play more defensive backs, go go with their dime package, which is six defensive backs on the field compared to the typical nickel package, which is when you have Theo on the f- on the field in his star position or when you have Brandon Turnage on the field in his star position. You've got five defensive backs out there. I, I think that I would not – that I know near as much football as Tim Banks. Tim Banks has forgotten more football than I know football. Um, but – just, I, I would drop, <laughs> drop guys in coverage and force Matt Corral to take what the defense is giving him. Because when Matt Corral has struggled over the last two years, and it's been very rare that he struggles, it's been when defenses drop a lot of guys in coverage. 
uh, Arkansas last year dropped a ton of guys in coverage, and he threw six interceptions in a game uh, because he was not willing to take what the defense was was giving him. He wasn't willing to to check down to the back out of the backfield or or take the the easy routes to the receivers. He he didn't want to do that. He wanted the big splash plays, and he kept trying to force things. And he has not done that since. But this is a pick your poison game because Matt Corral is a Heisman front runner. I said it yesterday. I think he's playing as the best quarterback in in the entire country. I, I think he's playing unbelievable football right now. He can he can beat you in so many different ways. The confidence, the the comfort, just it's it's ridiculous. And he has the weapons to to go along with him. So, which poison are you going to pick? And if Tennessee does choose to drop a lot of guys in coverage, then maybe that opens up the door for Willie Martinez not to have to decide whether Brandon Turnage is, is going to play or not because you are going to try to get more DBs on the field. And if you are going to get more DBs on the field, then I imagine Turnage is, is right up there at the top of the list where he's probably going to be that extra DB that they utilize. Should. But, you know, has. You look at Tennessee and what they have done to get to this point. Is it doing exactly what you just described, or is it getting to the quarterback, creating pressure, making plays in the backfield? And making plays in the backfield means you're bringing pressure. And so, yes, Matt Corral um, did struggle with throwing against. Eight guys in coverage, just like any quarterback would. Uh, those windows are, are hard to throw through. And this is why you don't want third down and long, because now you put yourself in those situations where you can drop you can drop eight, you can drop seven. And it's really, really hard to convert in those situations. So first down is super important to make sure that you get Ole Miss off schedule. But are you willing to – deviate from what you have done all season long to be who you are. You are a team that's one of the best teams in the country defensively at creating pressure and making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Are you willing to be somebody that you're not to win against a team like an Ole Miss where the quarterback has shown in the past, not so much this year, but in the past, that he he gets he gets a little bit greedy. He doesn't take what the defense gives him when you drop an eight. And again, most most quarterbacks struggle against eight guys in coverage. Um, but he has shown on film that he struggled with that last year. So just looking forward to seeing what Tim Banks does, man. What well, what would you do on on this Tuesday? Mix it up. You would mix it up. Mm-hmm. If if you had to commit to one. One or the other. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. You can't. You can't commit to one or the other. You mix it up. Because the, the moment you commit to one or the other, Lane Kiffin knows what, how to dissect it. And you have a, a quarterback that's experienced, that's seen a bunch of different things too. And you're, you're beat before the snap of the football. So you have to mix it up. I look at what, what, what Bill Belichick did to Tom Brady. I mean, you, you're not going to outsmart Tom Brady. But maybe you can confuse some other guys. Mix it up and make it difficult for the offensive line. 
make it difficult for the receivers to read on the run. There's other things you can do, but if you let Ole Miss know, all right, I'm third down and such and such, 67% of the time they're sending this person or they're blitzing, and you do the same thing on Saturday, it's a wrap. They'll eat you up. They'll eat you alive. So you're going to have to go up against some tendencies. And think about this, Ben. We haven't taken a bye week yet. The bye week is when you do a lot of self-scouting, self-assessment, going back, looking at your tendencies. These are all things that are charted by your quality control folks and your GAs. Because you, you, don't, you don't want offenses to get a jump on you and know your tendencies without you knowing. You got to be able to self-scout. Usually that takes place the most during the bye week, so you haven't really had that bye week. I don't think Ole Miss has had a bye week either. They have. They, they have? had their bye week before the Alabama game. They okay. had it super early, super early. I mean, I, th- I think they had – if it was before the Alabama game, that was two weeks ago, I think it was after just their fourth game of the year. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's, too, er- that's too early because – and you kind of want it in the middle of SC play. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's just perfect this year. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, only playing a, a game or two that's tough and then playing a bunch of non-conference games. Like, you haven't really done a lot on film. But when you're taking in the middle of October, halfway during the season, then there's a lot more on film that you want to make sure that you don't give signals off to uh, the opponent on. and But – that's something that if you're a Tennessee defensively that you want to make sure that, hey, let's let's mix it up. Let's be exotic. But let's not get away from what we do and what we are. We're a team that brings pressure. And we'll find other ways to confuse Matt Corral. Um, but, but we got to get pressure on his butt. I don't I don't disagree. I just worry because I, I, I've seen Matt Corral pick pressure apart all year long. And, and again, that's, that's part of, of picking your poison. You're, you're going to have to try something so I, I do agree with you it's just Matt Corral is just playing that elite level of football right now that he's, good he's, he's beating beating everything that a defense throws throws at him so I'd be curious to see what Tim Banks comes up with I, I have a ton of confidence in him he, he has he has earned that confidence and, and earned the trust in my opinion through what is it five games six games this yes, season games. so I'm I'm excited to see what Tim Banks throws out there Stay with us. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, 
you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
checkerkneeling.com. Checkerkneeling.com. Are y'all checking kneeling in the press box this weekend, Ben? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what color y'all wearing in the press box, man? Orange or white? White. Probably be wearing one of my gray, black, or gray or black jackets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kneeling is here. We got Turkey Man set up to go to the game. Um, this this weekend, and I wonder where we where he'll be sitting. I want to I want a turkey man. I already looked at his seats. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that out for turkey man. See what number, uh, what what section he's sitting in and what color he will be wearing. But Ben, checking kneeling is here. It should be here. It's one of Tennessee's. Coolest traditions. It's um, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird that it took until 2014 for the concept to actually be uh, born, because Tennessee has been rocking checkerboard for for decades, and it's and it's we are one of the few schools that could do it. When you look at your teams across the country, three teams come to mind: Fresno State, Kentucky. In Tennessee. In Kentucky, according to the history books, used checkerboard before Tennessee. We just we just used it more in the last couple decades, and Kentucky started to bring it back out a lot more frequently uh, in the last 10 years. Because I didn't see any checkerboard when I played against them. But you see it now uh, a lot more. And so I think some of the Tennessee fans – think that we were first with the checkerboards uh, um, against Kentucky. That's not necessarily necessarily the case. But it's more it was it's been more prominent for longer with with us. You know, we, we've had the checkerboard end zone uh for so for so so long. And anytime that you can honor your tradition, you want to do that. And the thought that the apparel of the fans will have any effect on the outcome of a football game is just straight up stupid. I mean, it, it, it really is. I mean, it, people were going to say the black jerseys were bad luck. Everybody's saying, oh, let's, we need to wear the black jerseys again. Some saying this week, some saying just at some point this season, some just. Next year with the black jerseys again. Had Tennessee lost on on Saturday to South Carolina, uh, a couple of those people who are saying wear them again would have been saying never wear them again because but, they are bad luck. But think, but but think think about think about what you're just saying. Jerseys are worn by players. Players. Checking in is worn. That's worn by the fans. Fans, fans are wearing either orange or white. Is what they will wear any t- anyways. They would wear orange, white, gray, or black, whatever. But they will wear some type of orange um, because they'll be going for Tennessee. So all you're doing is saying, "Hey, we have these sections that if you sit here, wear orange or white." And the look, the look is amazing. And 
Yeah, the black jersey with the players. But the look, the, the photos, the look is something that you can sell to recruits. The look is something that you can capture and photograph and, and save it forever. Like, there's a photo in, in the studio right now. It's a blown-up view of Neyland Stadium from the inside. And it's on a day where we check it kneeling. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. That picture can be captured and put on a wall. It can be used in so many different ways. Like, it's beautiful. It's, it, it is something that no other school in America can do and pull off. I was at the 2015 Oklahoma game with my then-girlfriend, my now-wife, and she took the panorama on her phone of our seats in the upper deck of Neyland right under the Jumbotron. I mean, we were smack down looking straight at the the Tennessee tunnel on the opposite side. So, I mean, we were smack dab in the middle uh, of the end zone in the upper deck, and, and she took a panorama of the stadium because mm-hmm. it was Checker Neyland, and she had it blown up into um, a, a I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Just a, 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 f- a gi- poster? Uh, not a poster. It's kind of like a – just like a, a frame. I mean, I, I don't, I'll have to ask her, and I'll, I'll report back. But she blew it up for me so I could put it – when I was in college, I had it over my bed. Now it's over my office, and it's, it's one of my most favorite things hanging in my house because it is absolutely gorgeous because Checker Nealon is, is truly different. It, it's special. It, it's – it's amazing how awesome of an environment it, it creates. It, it's really cool to see how a visual in a stadium can just increase the atmosphere because it absolutely does, whether it's the, the Oklahoma game, uh, the Florida game in, in 16. The, those were the two checker dealings that, that I was at. Like you can just feel the anticipation building, getting into the game 30, 45 minutes beforehand, and you just kind of see the, the checkerboard start to come together. It, it's a really cool couple of 30, 45 minutes where, where you can just watch it all come together. And it, I, I really think it increases the atmosphere and, and the anticipation lead, leading up until kickoff. And I, I watched a good chunk of that Iowa-Penn State game on Saturday. It, it was a great college football game, but the, the scene in Iowa was awesome. And part of it was because they striped – their stadium. It was just an awesome, awesome visual. Yeah, I was, I was, man. Their their atmosphere will bring tears to your eyes, man. Mm-hmm. You know, their stadium was uh, basically connected to the children's hospital, and during the course of the game, the whole stadium turns around and waves at the children. Canvas, in, thank in you, the, win- evil. the window, um, the, the window, of Iowa. So you have the Iowa um, Children's Hospital right there, and they're able to see some of the game. And during the game, the the, the 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 fans turn around and wave at the at the patients. It's 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 beautiful, man. It is it is a beautiful um, sight there. And this past weekend, it was even more electric because Iowa uh, beat top five Penn State. But yeah, canvas. There you go. Ben. Forgive me. I'm not I'm not very artsy, but I think that's already known. Um. So yeah, it has like, no no. It's not going to dictate whether Tennessee wins or, or loses this football game. 
the the fans are are going to do their part by checkering Neyland, by what seems to be selling out the stadium. Oh, it's sold out, buddy. Tickets are gone. Mm-hmm. Sold it, out. It, it'll be a, a great atmosphere. And I know folks were kind of upset with Lane throwing some shade with his comment about first game being sold out in, in a while. He did throw some shade. But it, it was also truthful shade. It, it will be the first sellout in, in quite a while. I don't, I don't even remember the last sellout off the top of my head. Had to be, had to be five years ago. I mean, it's it's been a minute. Four or five years ago, yeah, I, I would imagine. I, I would as well because even like those games where Alabama or Georgia came to town and there was a lot of red, even those games weren't sold out. I mean, it, we've had no reason to sell out games, mm-hmm. which is why it's time to reduce the seats. It's time to reduce the seats anyway. So I went to the game on Saturday, and um, I don't know how y'all I don't know how y'all like sitting right up under someone like. I had a dude laying in my lap like we was watching Netflix. Interesting. Like, like I was sitting, I was sitting on, on the on the bleacher. The dude in front of me was like in between my legs. He was like leaning back. It's like, bro, we don't date. <laughs> like, I was like, how do y'all like this? Reduce these seats up in here so we can get some space. Give me some space. And then, goodness gracious, don't let somebody get up and have to go to concession stands or get up and have to go to the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. It's tight. It It is. I don't think anybody likes it, per se, but they're willing to put up with it because they know it helps get 100,000 people in there. Yeah, but, again, you can um, – But you sit by the wrong person, and it is it can be a miserable – Three hours. You can you can be you can be loud with less people in the stadium. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So uh, I'm, I like checking Nealon. I remember Tim and and Spencer reached out, and Tim and Spencer are the ones that got the ball movement moving on on the concept. And Spencer on Oklahoma. Striped their stadium in 2014. Went out there, so he came up with a concept. And um, man, I'm glad that folks are highlighting his his tweet from 2014, giving him the recognition that he deserves because he sure didn't get it from the administration that was in place at the time. He didn't get it from them. All they did was take his idea and run with it, and left it up to us to take care of him. So I gave him my tickets to um, the football game. At the time, Alumni Hall was selling the checkered, kneeling, white, or orange T-shirts at the time. And so we hooked them up with those with those shirts based on the tickets, um, the seats that we had got them. And so um, it left a real sour taste in those guys' mouth because they loved Tennessee. They thought uh, – and they were doing something awesome for Tennessee. And, man, Tennessee basically jacked their, jacked their idea. And hopefully the new administration learns of this, understands the story, and um, steps up more than the old administration. I know that's putting a lot of pressure on those guys because they got a lot to worry about, but I think it would be cool if they are able to do something. And I'll just say that they have been 
um, updated on the history of Neil, no, Checker Neil. I, I will tell you that. Checker Neil is just awesome, as I was saying. If if Tennessee loses, it's it's not going to be because of Checker Checker Neeland, and that doesn't mean Tennessee should never Checker Neeland again. Uh, if anything, I thought Tony Vitello broke the Checker Neeland curse when when Lindsey Nelson was 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 checkered, and and Tennessee still took care of business. But it, it's it's all just talk. That that's all that it is. The There's fans, not a Peyton Manning curse. No, it's not Checker Neeland curse. It's not a curse. It's Playing bad. Yes. Yes. That's that's when you curse. When you play bad and a team plays better than you, you lose. Mm-hmm. Go break that curse. Go go get better. Go watch film. Go play better. It has nothing to do with anything else besides performance on the football field. So there's – like I saw some idiots talking about someone, Tell Payton, don't come to the game. What? Stupid. Yeah, but you know people got to get their retweets and likes. That's, that's all they're doing that for. Yeah, Payton comes to games that are good. Against good opponents. And Tennessee hasn't been good enough to beat good opponents. Yeah, so that's why it seems like every game Peyton comes to, we lose. But it has nothing to do with Peyton now, Manning being there. The baseball team did look a lot different when, when Peyton showed up in Omaha. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But the fans are going to do their part. It's Probably no Peyton was there. It's going to be an awesome environment. The, the scene is going to be beautiful. A sellout. They're going to be loud. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of... Piss and vinegar <laughs> towards towards Lane. It should on, be on on Saturday. Yeah, there, there should be. There should be. There, man. there should be, and hopefully, the players can do their part on the field to keep what is such a, a special game day environment going. When 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 Tennessee is rocking and Neeland is Neeland, whew, it, it is as special as special gets in college football. It is up there with anybody. So hopefully the players can do their part to, to keep that going throughout the game. I, I know they will from an effort standpoint. I, I know Tennessee's going to play hard and scratch, claw, fight till the last second, until the game is, is over, till there's four zeros up on, on the Jumbotron. But hopefully from an execution standpoint, Tennessee can can keep that atmosphere alive on, on Saturday night and keep it going late into the night and, and have uh, Matt Corral in a, in a pressurized situation late in the fourth quarter. And uh, hopefully they can execute and keep that going. I, I think there's an opportunity to definitely execute on offense. Ole Miss's defense is not good. And as if efficient as Hendon Hooker has been, you, you get some guys back at running back uh, along the offensive line more than likely this week. I think there's a real chance for offensive success on Saturday night. Can Tennessee's defense come up with enough stops, maybe force enough turnovers to help pull off the upset? Let me add something. You said players do their part, but it's players and coaches. Yes, because they're they're the both. Team. Yeah, it's both. They they. You know, if you call in some conservative, you know, play calling, and you're not taking advantage of what the defense is giving you from a play call standpoint, you're not making plays. If you're not making plays, offense not putting up putting up, you know, points and how you expect the the, the the crowd to be into the game if you're not if you're not calling it right. So that crowd on Saturday was in the game because the way we called it on offense allowed these guys to put up points, have explosive plays, <clears throat> excuse me, 
and allow for the the crowd to be loud and get, be into it. So uh, it's players and coaches. It's definitely players, but it's certainly coaches too in how they call the game. So the chess match, man, the chess match between um, Kiffin and Banks, Heupel and Durkin, that's going to be fun to watch. And you know, Kiffin lit Durkin up. Mm-hmm. Lit Durkin up. So I wonder that that dynamic this weekend – because usually you don't see head coaches throw their coordinators under the bus publicly. But Lane did that. Lane embarrassed DJ Durkin. So what effects will we see from, from that on Saturday, if any? You may not see any. It may not matter. But there's certainly a defense problem with Ole Miss, and it's happening at the right time for Tennessee. Because just a few weeks ago, Ole Miss' defense was was Okay. They were yeah. talking good about them. The new new formation, new new philosophy. It's working until they really hit SEC um, teams and got exposed. And now it's a huge problem. <laughs> the, the crazy part is they were so bad last year that it's still been an improvement. Year <laughs> that's how historically bad they were last year. But you're right. They uh, they looked a little bit better against Louisville. But I think that had more to do with with Louisville to start the season than. Then Ole Miss, and, and speaking of that Louisville game, somebody on the text box asked if if Ole Miss travels well. They did not travel well to that game in Atlanta, which was surprising to me because of all the hype around Matt Corral and Lane and the offense coming into the season, and they had sold the fans hope on on a new defense. I, I thought that that place would be littered with Ole Miss fans, and it wasn't. So. Not saying that Ole Miss fans don't travel well, but they 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 didn't on that Monday game, and maybe part of it being a Monday night game was was a part of it. But they they didn't show up for that Monday game against Louisville to start the season. I, I remember Tennessee fans showing up to to watch Tennessee beat Georgia Tech on a Monday though in Atlanta. So now we do that now. Ole, Ole Miss has a loyal fan base, but. I I would not expect an Ole Miss takeover uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And I wanted to throw in a a quick, quick thought uh, about a defense uh, having some confusion and and getting out of of sorts um, in perfect time for Tennessee. That's the case for Alabama, too. Nice tease, Ben. Let's let's get some details on that on, on the other side of the break. Uh, 865-255-03. It is about a quarter to the top of the hour. Stay with us. At work? Can't call in? Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, and our roads cleaner and safer. 
The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Guys, your health right now is more important than ever. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels checked. It all starts with the annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatment. Most insurance is accepted. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment and make your health a priority. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. Let me show me some love to my guy, Spencer Barnett. That's right. Clevander Vall on Twitter. For Attaboy Today, Attaboy is brought to you by Irish Networks. Specializes in high-quality fiber internet and voice. IrishNetworksUSA.com. Seven years ago, Spencer said, man, we could do that. We could check a nail and we could... We can. Why can't we do that here at the University of Tennessee? You know what, Spencer? We can. And we did. And we did because of your creativity, your vision, your love for the University of Tennessee, your unselfishness, always thinking about others, always willing to do an edit for someone or create some type of... Um, file for them without even charging anything. Spencer always gives, never takes. That's that's how he is. <clears throat> and something so cool. Something so cool. It's created by a guy that just loves Tennessee and loves to create. 
He's artistic. Loves to create. Man, you know, you say you're not artistic. Well, that's that's Spencer. That's why you have a guy like Spencer in your corner because he's great at it. And I just, man, I just want to give him a shout out. Give him some love. Him and Tim. You know, we broke bread dead in barbecue uh, years and years and years ago. And so, man, it's just really cool to see those guys take an idea and make it happen. Uh, Tim put the website together, and and. Uh, Checker Nealon and Spencer, the idea, and together, man, here we are with Checker Nealon. One of the coolest things in college football. One of the coolest sights in college football. So I'm giving Tim and Spencer an attaboy today. That's what I'm giving my attaboy to. I'm giving my attaboy to Hendon Hooker. Hook! Hendo Cinco, who has been tapped to the Davey O'Brien Great Eight. Uh oh. This week, after accounting for 291 yards and leading the Vols to a 45-20 win over South Carolina, the award marks Hooker's second consecutive week earning recognition after being named a Manning Award Star of the Week by the All-State Sugar Bowl following his performance against Missouri. Uh, The redshirt senior accounted for 291 yards and four touchdowns in Tennessee's return to Rocky Top on Saturday. He matched his totals from a week ago, throwing for 225 yards and three scores while adding 66 rushing yards and another touchdown on the ground. After being named to a great eight list during the season, Hooker has been added to the Davy O'Brien Award midseason watch list and becomes eligible for consideration for the Davy O'Brien National Quarterback Award which is given out to the top quarterback in college football at the end of the season. So congrats to Hendo Cinco. As we all know, he is playing terrific football, and hopefully he continues because he's a, a easy guy to root for. He is, man. And uh, you mentioned it off the top of the show, but Brandon Turnage gets another attaboy for being named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week making his first career start in place of Theo Jackson. He finished with a game-high and career-best 14 tackles and two tackles for loss in the win over South Carolina. Turnage led a vol defensive effort that limited the Gamecocks to 13 offensive points while starting at the star position. An Oxford, Mississippi native, Turnage is the first vol to earn SEC Defensive Player of the Week honors since Bryce Thompson claimed the award on December 14th of last season. So shout out to Brandon Turnage. Yeah, Henny Hooker, man, is really, really easy to cheer for. I mean, his his long-term health was threatened uh, when, when he was in the hospital bed in Virginia, didn't know if he would play football again, didn't know – what the outcome was going to be. Didn't know what his future held at all. And um, heard a story about Henry Hooker writing a poem from his hospital bed and just vowing to himself that if he ever was able to, to be granted the opportunity to play this game that he loved so much, what his approach would be. And man, man, he plays with the purpose. He plays with a purpose. You can see it out there on Saturdays. And you can see how his teammates respond to him. It is uh, it's, it is pretty cool, man. 
Uh, yesterday, Alante Taylor talked about the family atmosphere and the culture. and You can see that when guys are bringing their children in the locker room after games. Uh, Brandon Turner has a nine-month-old. And it's funny because, like, uh, it was a dinner yesterday, the family, and, and I was telling my wife about the story because they just got back uh, in town. And I was telling, them about, telling her about the story Sunday about the oldest daughter watching uh, Brandon Turner's daughter during his segment with us on the, on the locker room. And she shared with my wife, you know, Turner's daughter's name, which I'm not going to share here. And my wife was like, oh, my God, it's so pretty. We, I should name one of y'all that, basically. Uh, starts with an A, but it's it's a beautiful name. And Alante Taylor told the world yesterday. He did? Mm-hmm. Well, you stink, Alante. So if you want to know, go watch the video of Alante speaking with I'm mad at Alante, man. He could have got us all some cookies. He did. Picked off the two-point conversion. That count? I don't know. I asked him if it counted. When he was walking in to do his media availability yesterday, and he said, "Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess he said, so. yeah, I got me some cookies." But like, he said he got him some cookies. So of course he got some. Did everybody else get some though? I don't think so. But, but how about how about that company? You know they're smiling from ear to ear after as much as the the ESPN broadcast talked about them. They got a lot of pub for sure. A lot of pub. Out of pub now, they good, they good cookies now. I'm not. A big I haven't sweet, had them. I'm not a big sweets guy, but hey, they good cookies now. I have to check it out. Yeah, they. they I'm trying to eat better. They 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 good. They they small, so like two cookies. It's not like it's nope 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 <clears throat> nope nope. Abs. It's two are created in the kitchen. It's just two. It's Abs are made in the kitchen, Swain. I, mean, I I won't let you look. I already struggled. I don't, I, like I yesterday, into it. I, I need care. a snack. I saw a Star Crunch. I ate that. <laughs> I was like, dang. <laughs> Star crunches are good. Not not at the top of the list, but star crunches are good. I think I had one bite of one when I was little, and I was like, uh, no. Brad said it counted. Both stores were were slammed. Brad would know. Brad has a little bit of an inside track there. So I guess it did count. Could have had a pick six, though. He dropped two interceptions. Yeah, yeah. The, the pick six, he was just a little bit. I don't like using the word late because he he made a great play, but late in terms of picking it off and and taking it back to the house. He was a, he was a step behind the throw, but but also there and, and did a great job on the play. And then he he dropped that that one. It looked like the receiver ran a curl, and uh, Doty threw it to the inside. The receiver went to the outside and hit Alante right in the hands. How about Flowers? The one Flowers, the one that hit his helmet. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, he was he was going for the tackle. Yeah, he's going for the boom on whoever was out in the in the flat. I think it was a tight end. I don't know, maybe it was a receiver or a back. That, that was that, that was big a, ricochet. Because I mean, if he would have not played the 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 tackle, that would have been an easy pick. Mm-hmm. For him. Probably a pick six because yeah. at that point, all you would have had to, to to make miss is Luke Doty. No, for and sure. I, if I recall correctly, there were. Two guys pressuring Doty when he made the throw. So, you had some lead blockers as well. Mm, for sure. For sure. So, man, yeah, it was that was just a fun game, man. That was just a fun game to be able to be able to 
have guys making plays all over the place and, and laugh about it. Because uh, if you'd have lost that game and it came down to a drop interception, we would be having a whole different conversation today, a whole different mood. A drop interception is really no different than a drop touchdown pass mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. So, Alante is a former receiver. He should make those, those catches. That's probably why he reacted the way he did. I thought the same thing. But I tell you this, Josh Hyper was like, hey, 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 get back over there. Because it was third down. And last thing you want is the referee to throw up uh, a judgment call flag on, you know, you have an unsportsmanlike conduct, which I don't think he was celebrating. He was just really mad at himself. But the way that Ian Barrier was able to celebrate – they weren't going to flag anybody. And the ref was looking right at he him. He looked right at him. He was staring at him the entire time. Look right at him. Yeah, how about how about when um, Vela scored and three receivers went over there and started dancing? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. They were getting it, man. Well, I actually I told myself I need to do a better job of not immediately burying my head into my computer. When uh, when Tennessee scores, actually take in the moment, watch instead of missing out. Yeah, man, they were they were dancing. The NFL tightened up the rules. College football have loosened them up a little bit. Hour two coming up.